I'm going to be calling two men, young men up here in a minute, and all they're going to have to do just so they prepare, he doesn't know it, but he sang, so this ain't going to bother him a bit. But the guy in the vest and then this, one of these young men right here smiling real big, two good-looking guys. When I call you up here, one's going to stand on one side. One of you is going to be Saul, and the other one's going to be David. Now Saul's going to stand on this side, and David's going to stand on this side. So which one of you wants to be Saul? You want to be Saul? He, okay, okay. Whichever one of you, you decide, figure it out. When you get up here, I'll call you up here in a minute. Saul's on this side. David's on this side. You don't have to do anything but stand there and be as good-looking as you guys are. That's all you got to do. So you figure that out between the two of you over the next couple seconds. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said unto him, Thou son of the perverse, rebellious woman. That's a pretty rough way to talk to your, <laughs> your child, if you ask me. Do I not know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thy own confusion? And unto the confusion of thy mother's nakedness. For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor the kingdom wherefore now send and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. And Jonathan answered Saul, his father, and said unto him, Wherefore shall he be slain? What hath he done? And he cast a javelin at him to smile at him, whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to slay David. Verse 41 really quickly says, and, he soon, and as soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of a place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times and kissed one another and wept with one another until David exceeded. And Jonathan said to David, go in peace for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord be between me and thee and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. I want to speak for a few moments in a world. You know, I'm a firm believer. You know, I hear these people that are always looking for the greatest and the latest and the newest and the fanciest and the whatever kind of way to win souls. And I tell people this. Listen, I've been doing this a while. I'm not a singer. I'm not going to get up here and sing. I'm not going to get up here and play the organ, the piano, the keyboard, whatever else you got up here. I ain't going to play the drums. I ain't going to do any of it. That's not my thing. I'm not good at it, and I don't expect you to be a great. Do what I do. We all got our giftings. But I'm a firm believer that there's so many hurting people in this world that the oldest way that Jesus did it, walking around and talking to people, is still the best way. I don't care if you text, email, send, whatever you do, uh, Twitter, you get my point. This is talking to people one-on-one -on -one is the best way to have apostolic revival just the way it was 2,000 years ago. I believe that because we have a lot of hurting people that feel like, and this is what I want to preach about, I am not, I may be vexed, but I'm not hexed. I may be under attack. We're in a world that's messy. We got this, I love Houston. A dear spot in my heart because I preach a ton in Houston. He talked about some churches down there. I preach in these churches. I love it down there. I may be vexed. I may be under attack like they are here, there, like we are here, but I'm not hexed. I am not cursed. 
I am not Saul. I have not been cursed. I am a child of God. Who needs God to answer a prayer in your life? Hold up a hand across this place. You need God to answer some kind of prayer. I want you to lift up your hands across this place right now, and I'm asking you to move, God, upon every individual, every member, every visitor, everybody that's taken the time to come into the house of the Lord. I give you praise and glory for what you've done, what you're about to do. Jesus, in your precious name, I thank you for what you're going to do for somebody that's walked inside of this building. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise across this building. Somebody let them know we've come to give them honor. Now you may be seated. Now get ready, Saul and David. You good looking boys, you. you <laughs> Life's not easy. It's not fair and it never will be. I hate to bust our bubbles. We live in a society that's always looking for a quick fix and we want everything. And if we don't like the way something's done, we want to blame somebody else because we're always looking for something. But I want you to understand something. Do not fall into the entitlement trap that you are a victim being raised in a foster care. That's the way I was raised. It would have been easy for me to sit here and tell you about all my problems, how life has been unfair to me, and how it's easy for me to say that I am a victim because I don't have a mother or a father. But most things, I want you to understand something. I hate to tell you this, and I'm talk, I had to tell myself this. Sometimes we have to willing, be willing to get over what's holding us down. Most things are more rewarding when you break a sweat and you get them anyhow. I could talk from personal experience. I'm happier now. I'm blessed because I've got a thing called joy in my life. If happiness, as I'm opening, is what you're after, you are going to be let down most of the time because it's hard to obtain something such as happiness. But joy, on the other hand, is not a response Think about this. It's a constant feeling that we have with our life that we are fashioned to do no matter what the outcome. Happiness is a need. Joy is a lifestyle. And this was a battle that a lot of us face when it comes to living for God. And we read in Scripture about two men, or three if you will, Saul David, and Jonathan. And this was the case of Saul. Come up here, Saul, wherever you're at. You get to be Saul. You stand there. Jo David, come on up. Stand over here. And you'll see, you won't have to talk or anything. You just have to do what you do, which is be you. This was the case, and Saul couldn't understand in Scripture. Why don't you wake up and smell the coffee? And he was talking to his son, Jonathan. He said, cursed be the mother that birthed you. He said, you are shame of your mama's nakedness, and everything I taught you is to take care of number one, but you're not doing it. And look, you didn't even hear the women singing. They're coming back from the battlefield, and when they're singing, they're singing, Saul has killed a thousand but David has killed 10,000. Don't you see? This boy David over here is completely taking over the situation. 
So Saul is condemning his son Jonathan for connecting to somebody outside of his flesh. You will run into a lot of people who say that they are unselfish, but really most people, if you're going to be honest with yourself, are extremely selfish. Jonathan's mistake was not that his heart was wrong. It was his lack of judgment because Jonathan loved David because David was his God connection, but he came from Saul, which was his flesh connection, and he had a battle going on in his mind that many of you come in here on Sunday morning, and we sing about God, we clap our hands about God, we get loud about God sometimes, we jump up and down up here about God, but in reality, there's a lot of us that have walked in the house of God on a Sunday morning that got a battle that like this that we cannot explain, we want to worship God. But we've got a connection to our flesh, our past, that wants to rob us from walking in the spiritual and connecting to us to our future, which is David. And there's a warfare that goes on when you walk in the house of God. You've got Saul telling you do what you've always done. But you've got David that wants to take you to another level that you've never been before. And Saul was the flesh connection for Jonathan. And the flesh connection was trying to kill the God connection. I don't care if you come in the house of God and sing and go through the motions and say, man, that was a nice little Sunday Labor Day service. That was beautiful. Sister, uh, sister uh, so-and-so sang a good song. Boy, brother so-and-so, I really enjoyed him. That doesn't bother your flesh. What bothers your flesh is when you walk in the house of God and you connect to David and you said, I'm not going to be glued to this chair because I'm hurting on the inside and I need to feel a God that can change me on the outside. I'm hurting. I'm sick. I'm struggling. I'm emotionally discouraged and I need to feel a God that can lift me to another. The problem with Jonathan is the problem that everybody that's walked in the house of God has this morning. What do you do when you're connected to both? We've built mega churches in St. Louis, not compared to like Houston or other cities I go to, but we build churches all over. And these churches, I'll ask people, what do they believe? And most people will tell you, I really don't know because they're a non-judgmental church. I'm not here to be ugly, but I don't, I'm not here to judge or to be mean, but I want to go to a church that I know that they stand for something. I want to go to a church that I'm battling with my flesh. My flesh fights me every day of the week. My flesh makes me angry. My flesh makes me complacent. My flesh makes me an addict. My flesh makes me depressed. My flesh takes me from the world, but I want to go to a church where I can wrap my arms around the presence of... I want to go to a church on a Sunday morning where I can lift up my hands and tell hell to get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. Satan, loosen me in the name of Jesus. I need a breakthrough in my life. 
this is a battle that a lot of us go on, are going through this morning, if you'll be real with yourselves. Jonathan really did love David. Everything Jonathan knew and learned, though, he learned from his father, Saul. Saul taught him how to walk. Saul taught him how to fight. Saul taught him how to be a man. Saul taught him how to cook, eat. Saul taught him his habits. Saul taught him the love of sports. I'm just using a crazy example there. Saul taught him how to enjoy things in life. Saul was there for him when he fell and he bruised his knee or he cut himself up. Saul was there for him in the physical. And that's what we're used to. And we walk in the house of God and we hear all this stuff going on and we want the anointing of God. But we're used to being the physical so much that some preacher tells us in 45 minutes there's a God that can take us into the spiritual. But yet we're so used to being the physical. And that's why it's hard to break through. We're so busy looking for a church that makes us feel comfortable. Or a church where we like the preaching. Or a church where we like the singing. Honey, you're never going to be happy because your flesh will never like the spiritual. You've got to come in here and say, I'm not here to fix the flesh. I'm here to fix my soul. And I don't care if my flesh doesn't like it. I don't care if my flesh isn't comfortable. I don't care if this old carcass isn't happy. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's about my spirit. It's about eternity. It's about self. I'm not trying to get too wound up. I know you don't know me very well. And I don't know you. But that's all good. As I saying, it's as my saying is, it's all good in the hood. You will walk in the house of God. Jonathan is different because he is hearing this philosophy and he's battling with morals and integrity. Let me just explain something. Because I do a lot of outreach. Isn't it hard to love an evil man? Someone you know that may be abusive or to be cruel, that you hate what they do, but you love who they are. Do you know how many times I've knocked doors and I've come across battered women that have been through hell, through it, a, a sexual abuse, physical abuse, and I've knocked on a door and I see tears of fear in their eye as I know what goes on behind that door, but yet because they love that man so much, I'm showing them an out that there's a God that can help them, but because they love that man so much that when they go behind closed doors, they will go back to what they were. Some of you may say, well, that's serious. That's, that's not me. No, but a lot of us walk in the house of God and our flesh is a mess. All hell is attacking our home. Our mind is going through chaos. We are battling so many struggles that we cannot explain all of them. But yet we walk in the house of God and we hear the service go on and on. But it's hard to break loose from what we've always done. Even though it's killing us, I am pleading with somebody that's walked in the house of God on a Sunday morning to say enough is enough mama enough is enough daddy you have tormented me flesh long enough I need to grab a hold of David and lift my hand up and say loosen me from every struggle every battle somebody needs to lift up their hands say flesh you have bound me long enough you have controlled me long enough you have tormented me long enough 
Somebody lift your hands across this building. Somebody say that name, Jesus, across this place. Come on, say that name. You got a battle going on. Say that name. Your flesh says, I'm going to sit here because I'm comfortable. But your flesh will pass away. It's your spirit that's going to be eternal. It's time to feed the spirit. And this is what I have learned over the next few minutes. That when David came into the kingdom, Jonathan gave, when he connected to, to David, David gave Jonathan a thing called release. He found somebody who understood what he needed, who he could be connected to. David and Jonathan Hartspeech could become one, so to speak. They were not connected in the flesh. They were not related by the blood. But they had a spirit that when they connected, it brought them to another level. Jonathan loved David so much that he wanted to be around him, that he wanted to connect to him, that he was willing to take off his coat, his clothes, his sword, his armor, and become completely naked and give it to David and say, guess what? I may come from royalty. I may be a prince, but you have something that a prince can't by, and it's called the presence and the anointing of God. It's called a place that my flesh has to leave. It's called a happiness, a joy. And there is a God that has walked inside of this building and said, you know what? I came down upon this earth. I, I took my clothes off, so to speak. I was hung on a cross. I died and gave all, let my flesh die so that you could be lifted up in the spirit. That I'm talking to somebody. You may come in here one way, but you can leave another way. You may come in here attached to Saul. You may come in here under attack. You may come in here fighting depression. You may be coming here going going through struggles. You may come in here with confusion. You may come in here with abuse. I don't know what you're going through, but there's a God up in heaven that says you can connect to David and lift yourself to another level. You can worship a God that can change your life forever. What do you do? Saul criticizes David because he feels threatened by Jonathan's new connection. He feels threatened because he's become more important of a connection to him than the flesh connection that they've already had. Think about this. Do you ever notice when you start to try to make moves for God or if you never have, if you start to try to make a move for God, your flesh connection will fight you every chance you get? Do you know how many times I've knocked doors and all of a sudden when people come in the church and they get the Holy Ghost or they get baptized or they walk into a Sunday morning church, they tell me all hell breaks loose in their life? Do you know how many times I've heard that? I'll tell you why. Because your old way hates your new way. And your old way is intimidated by your new way mentality. And your old way, can all they can do is criticize your new way rather than join your new way. I'm here to tell you, it's easy to come in and sit on a church chair. Anybody can do that in St. Louis. But when you come in and you begin to pray and you begin to connect to God, you will fight battles like you've never fought before because your flesh will fight you every step of the way. 
But somewhere along the line, you got to get some boldness and walk inside of here and say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Somebody's got to walk inside of here and say, David, I need to go to another realm. I need to walk in another realm. I need to climb another level. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Who's going through a tough time in your life right now? Hold up your hand right now. Hold your hand if you're going through a tough time. You need change in your life. Hold up your hand across this building. I'm here to tell you. Keep your hand up unless you're going to have rotator cuff surgery. The reason why you're struggling is because you're torn between two things sitting right here on this chair right now. And I'm talking to you. I don't mean this ugly. But you know, keep your hand up. You know how many times I've done outreach and I've met people that told me they've got, oh, especially, I'm just going to pick on women today. I love you. God bless you. But you know how many women I said, they've told me, I'm dating this guy. I love him because he's so good looking. But I'm also dating this guy because he treats me good and he's got a great personality and I'm torn between the two guys. That's exactly what a lot of us have to, when it comes into the house of God. We are torn between two lovers. And we walk in the house of God. And we want to feel what David brings. We want to feel that anointing. But we're also torn because our flesh makes us feel comfortable. Because we've done it this way since the day we were born. But the Spirit says, if I'll connect to you, I can go to a level that I've never been before. And we walk inside of here and we're torn. We we want to go this way, but we're being pulled this way. We want to pray over here, but we're fighting hell over here. We want to worship over here, but we're discouraged over here. And there's a warfare going on in our lives. And your soul, your flesh will criticize you every time because it feels, it feels threatened because of the connection that you have joined to. And it will scream out. Because Saul screamed out and said, David, Jonathan, I hate the day you were born. You are a disgrace to my name. Let that boy, you have allowed that boy to come in between us. You have allowed him to separate us from what we need to be. In other words, I don't mind if you go to church. I don't mind if you sing a song. I don't mind if you pray a little bit. But whatever you do, don't get connected in the spirit. Because that's when your flesh tries to kill you. What do you do when you try to appease where you come from and still be connected to where you're going? You want to appease your past, but you still want to be connected to where you're going. Let me tell you something. I wasn't raised around this. I wanted to come to church. I wanted to sing. I wanted to worship. I wanted to have all of God that I could have. But I also wanted to go back and do what I've always done. I still wanted to do all the partying, all the drinking, getting high. That's just my life, getting high. All the things that I enjoy doing. And I still also struggled, even after that, with a thing called anger. I could come in front of the church. I could worship God, praise him, magnify him. But I could be so angry by the middle of the week. I could be cussing like a sailor, mad at the world. Why? Because I had such anger from my childhood of how in the world did I go through all of this rejection and all of this abuse. And I could never release it. I could come and sing about God. But I was still bound by the fact that I was abused and raised in foster care. 
somewhere along the line, you've got to learn you cannot hold on to both worlds because it will devour you. Your flesh will kill you. You've got to be willing to walk in the house of God on a Sunday morning and not just patty cake about it, not just nod your head, but say, devil, enough is enough. Flesh, you bound me long enough. You've lied to me long enough. You've cheated me long enough. You've raised hell against me long enough. It's time I join the spirit and lift up my hands and loosen me. Let me go. Free me from every trial, every battle, every stronghold that can come against me. Somebody lift your hands across this place and begin to call upon the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, lift up your hands across this place and begin to say that name, Jesus. That's why you're struggling. You can't. It's hard for you to do it. That's why some of you could just look because your flesh has got you. Your flesh says, hey, go to church for an hour and go feed, Go ahead. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. But your spirit says, come on, wake up a little bit. Get some life in you. Pray. Move. Start taking authority. Start taking dominion. Start taking power over everything that's coming against you. It's it's time to get loosened. It's time to get free. Is this okay, church? I don't know. Am I right here in this church? I've never been here before. Is this okay? Let me make something real simple. Somebody knows that you've walked inside of here, and you've got to understand this. Saul supposedly loved Jonathan. Am I correct? It was his own flesh, right? But when Jonathan started connecting to David. Saul's got angry. And he got so angry that he threw a javelin and almost killed his own son. Do you know how many people that I've been connected to that as long as I'm in the world, as long as I'm doing what my flesh wants and comfortable, they don't say a word? But when I first got in church... And first got baptized. And I could talk about thousands of visitors and tell their stories. But when I first got filled with the Holy Ghost and first got baptized, people that I thought loved me began to curse me. People told me I joined a cult. People made fun of me. People thought I was nuts. And I told these people, where in the world were you when I was committing, thinking about committing suicide? Where were you when I was drunk, when I overdosed, when I was so passed out being drunk I didn't even know where I was or how I got there? Where were you? when I was battling this depression when I was angry all of this stuff going on where were you when my world was falling apart you weren't there but I'm here to tell you I'm not going back to my flesh because David my spirit when I connected to my spirit it lifted me higher than I've ever been before when you lift up your hands and say the Lord is my strength and when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all you've done for me I gotta praise I gotta worship I've got somebody clap your hands somebody make a joyful noise flesh you may be attacking me but spirit I'm getting ready to come out I'm getting ready to come out I'm getting ready enough is enough Sometimes, can I have about five minutes, church? Sometimes you got to be willing to look like a fool and be ostracized 
be laughed at. Because sooner or later, if you'll stick in there, God's going to give you victory. Guess what? And some of you may look at me, and I know all we got some, we don't have, I don't know if we got very many preachers here. Some of the churches I go to, we got a lot of dignified preachers. And they're like, well, didn't David commit adultery? Wasn't he an adulterer? Yes, he was. But this is what's awesome about it. You can be as straight as a whatever and be, have a perfect life and have never made a mistake. But you can still be as lost as the day is long because God is more interested in your heart than he is how perfect you think you are. God's not interested in religion. He's interested in revelation. And though David committed adultery, he got his heart right. He made mistakes, but he fell on his knees and he got his heart right. I'm here to tell you about a God that it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been or the mistakes you made. When you fall down on your knees and you say, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is still one Lord. He can pick you up and raise you. It don't matter where you were yesterday. It don't matter the mistakes you made. I know a God that loves, that cares, and that forgives when you pray. Come on, O'Fallon, Missouri. It's time to let your flesh know enough is enough. Get thee behind me. I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know if anybody else is across this place. David was blessed. Saul was cursed. No wonder the Bible says, choose this day who you will serve. I'd rather have a good judgment and a destiny connection than a flesh connection. But I'm not telling you that you're not going to have battles and struggles when you connect to David. You're going to have to learn how to fight. But if you hook up with Saul, I can promise you one thing. You will surely die. This will not last forever. Now, I go to the gym and I try to work out. I try to get all that stuff. It's all great. Try to lose weight, whatever. But this whole carcass, this whole body, this physical being is going to pass away. Some of us 20, 30, 40, 50, we ain't going to be here. If you get to 70, you're doing good. This whole thing's going to pass away. The only thing that's going to live is the Spirit, which is eternal salvation that you can receive through connecting to God. And Jonathan was torn. I've always done it this way, but I really would like to connect to this way. I love what I'm feeling. I love the anointing, but I hate to walk away from what I've always done. I've always woke up at this time. I've always done this on Saturday. My schedule's always been like this, but yet this is pulling at me. But there comes a point that you got to make a decision that will affect the rest of your life. And it could be this Sunday morning. Hear me. Because Jonathan enjoyed going back and forth. But Saul comes to Jonathan and he puts an ultimatum. He said, I got a war going on that I'm fighting against the Philistines out here. And you're my flesh, you're my son. Yeah. I gave, I, I created you. I helped give birth to you. Yeah? You need to go with me and go out into the world and do what we've always done. You need to connect to me. And I need you to help me fight the enemy that's coming against me. 
but I'm connected to a good Sunday morning church service. I feel the presence of God. You can always go back to church, but I need you in this battle right now. Jonathan was a good man. He wasn't a bad person. Saul was cursed. Your flesh is cursed. It's not going to live forever. It's your soul, eternity, that's going to last. And he had to make a decision. Daddy is calling him in the physical, but his spiritual connection keeps saying, I need you to come with me. And Jonathan, on this Sunday morning, was torn between which one do I go through? And finally, Jonathan goes to David, and David comes to Jonathan, and they have a meeting. And Jonathan basically says, I love you. I appreciate everything you've done for me. I enjoyed the Sunday morning worship services. I enjoyed clapping my hands. I enjoyed the anointing. I enjoyed those altar calls. I enjoyed those prayer meetings. I enjoyed those times you laid your hands on me and prayed for me. I enjoyed seeing all the healings and miracles and financial blessings. I enjoyed the power of God that I felt inside of that building. But my dad's calling he needs me one more time. I'll be back soon. Scripture tells us, and I'm not going to do this because I don't even know your name. But David, they gave each other a holy kiss. I ain't going to do that to you. And they showed each other love because David knew that was the last time he was going to see Jonathan. He knew because Scripture tells us David fell to the ground crying and weeping because he couldn't handle it. But Jonathan and, come on, Saul. John, Saul grabs a hold of Jonathan and says, I got you this time. You didn't know this was going to be your last time. You thought you were going to be able to come to a bunch of other Sunday morning services. But I got you this time. And Scripture says he grabbed his son's hand and off, and off to battle they went. Literally, they walked off into battle. Come on, we can go this way. And we're going to walk this way. And they walked out the back building, so to speak. And Saul said, ha, 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 I'm taking you to a battle that you will never return from. I'm taking you to a battle that will cost you the rest of your life life. And I'm here to tell something. Jonathan was not a bad person, but he was in the wrong place at the wrong time because an arrow that was meant to hit his father missed his father and hit him and killed him all because he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. When you walk in your flesh, you can be in places you shouldn't be. You can be in places at the wrong place at the wrong time, and it could cost you eternity. But when you walk in the Spirit, God can take you to a level that will protect you no matter what comes against you the devil has no authority over a child of God it says come hell or high water I'm gonna worship the name somebody lift your hands across this place somebody just lift your hands across this building as a musician gets in place, that's it. Somebody just lift your hands across this place. That's it. Lift your hands and begin to call on the name of Jesus. Come on. Sometimes good sense doesn't make sense when it comes to living for God. you got to put that aside. I need change in my life. Jonathan was unselfish, but he was also unsettled. That's it. As they're getting ready to play, 
Jonathan was unselfish, but he was unsettled. He could never decide which way to go, what direction to go. I am not, as an evangelist here this morning, am not looking for a church full of tradition, but I want a church full of revelation. I want a church where I can change spiritually. I want a church where I can fall on my knees and cry out to the Lord and say, I refuse to let my flesh take me off into a battlefield and destroy me. I need to raise to another level. That's it. Take a moment to talk to him, those that are. You see, I can't help somebody that's walked in the house this morning that says that I'm so unsettled I'll worship here now but as soon as I leave I'm going to connect right back to what I was but I'm looking for somebody that's walking the house of God that says David I love what I feel in this place more than where I came from I love it more than my past traditions I want a change that's going to affect the rest of my life I'd rather be a doormat in the house of God than royalty in the world around me. Lord, I want to lift up my hands. I want want to feel something that's going to change the rest of my life. As I'm closing on this Sunday morning, I remember walking up to a particular woman in a church outreach, knocking on a door and talking to a lady. And when I first invited her to church, she looked at me. She said, with a rough, scuffled voice, I'm probably, you're probably never going to see me in that building, so you might as well not even come back, because I'll probably never come. And the key to me was, She pretty much sold out to her flesh, but the key word was she said probably. And to me, that's an open gate for anything. I showed up again, and she looked at me. She said, I I told you I probably would never come. Why are you here? I told you. I said, because God sent me. Because there's something beyond what you're in right now. And God told me to give you this chance. I said, I want you to please at least do me a favor. Tell me a little bit about yourself. She said, Well, I'm going to be honest with you. When I looked at your card, it's a Pentecostal church. She said, when I was a little girl in California, now I was in Texas when this happened, a thousand whatever miles away, somebody gave me a church card. And when I was 12 years old, I rode the church van or bus or whatever it was to church sometimes. And I remember that church. I said, well, what are you doing here in Texas? She said, I moved here. Because my son is dying of AIDS, and I moved here to help take care of him. I said, so you mean to tell me that God moved your old flesh from a girl that went to a, rode the bus sometimes to church on Sunday morning. He said, no, many, many years ago when you were a child, moved you from California to Texas to take care of your dying son, and this crazy preacher comes and knocks on your door and invites you to church and tells you the God that can change your life? She looked at me and said, yeah. 
I said, this is not a coincidence, but I'm telling you right now, your flesh wants you to sit at home, your son to pass away, you to be miserable, drink your life away, be depressed, be angry, be bitter, but your spirit, but God has told me to tell you, your spirit wants to be lifted up, wants to be encouraged, wants to be changed, wants to be revived. Your son can be healed. You can be delivered. Your family can be revived. Your world can change. All you got to do is walk away from Saul and begin to walk with David and you might be surprised. So she went from probably not going to see me. She said, preacher, I'm going to come one time. One time. Because of you and your flesh spirit analogy. I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it one chance. She came to church that Sunday morning. She was in sitting right in the middle. Her life was a mess. Sun dying. Battling depression. Angry. Living in a land where she knew no one. All sorts of struggles going on. Not knowing how much longer her son's going to live. Trying to drink her pain away. In the middle she just starts crying. And weeping. And the power of God starts moving on her. As she weeps in the presence of God. And I look at her. And I said the world's not fair. And the devil is a liar. But you can walk out of here. And keep doing what you've always done. Or you can connect to a God. That will heal your son. Change your world. Lift up your life. Raise you to another level. I'm talking about a healer. A deliverer. And omniscient, a holy, a righteous, an omnipotent God that can take you from one world and raise you to another. She came to that altar. I mean, it was within minutes. She lifted up her hands. I laid my hands on her. She asked God, forgive her. I couldn't believe she did that. She said, God, forgive me. And within minutes, God began to fill her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in a heavenly tongue we baptized her in the name of Jesus and when she came up out of that water you could see the glow from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet I'm looking at a woman that just days and hours before she was angry and bitter and mad and confused and saying why is this happening to me to a woman that's lifting up her hands and the glow's going from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet a, a power that's so strong that you can't describe it in words that's what happens when you leave your old flesh behind and you walk in when you walk in the house of God and get over yourself and lift up your hands and say, Lord, I need you. 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 They gave her son just a few months to live. He came to church. He was real skinny. I'll never forget from AIDS. He was in full-blown AIDS. This is back in the early winter months. We're in the fall. They've inboxed me a few times. I prayed. I said, Lord, you're going to heal him. I told her she's going to heal him. I just talked about faith. Do you know this is September and he's doing better now than he was doing back in February? and they don't understand why that he's put on some weight and she texted me and boxed me and said hey I'm Holy Ghost filled I'm baptized I'm 
Bible study. My son is doing good. I, he's feeling good. She said, I'm happier than I've ever been. Life has been good. She said, I've got such a joy that I can't explain it in words. She said, I feel so peace. I feel so much happiness. I feel... I'm preaching to somebody when you get this thing inside of you when you get connected to God when change begins to happen the devil has to flee in the name I'm only alive today and I'm done preaching because I remember as a young man about 16 years old I laid in my bed and I said God if you don't show me who you are in the next two months and I didn't know who God was I was going to kill myself because I couldn't handle it anymore. And within a few months, the craziest story, we don't have time. God sent some people to witness to me and said, there's a God. And I'll be honest, I thought you people were a little nutty. I thought you people were a little too lively. I'd never seen people clap their hands in a church. I, I come from a dead, dry, boring, washed up church. I don't even know if God himself walks in. But I'm here to tell you that when I got a hold of God and I lifted up my hands and walked away from that flesh, I'm here to tell you because the reason I do outreach, the reason I bring people to the house of God is because what God has done for me. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done, I want to lift up my voice. I want to shout his name. I want every devil in hell, every fleshly desire to know there's a healer, there's a deliverer. David, we can do this. We can go to another level. There's a God that cares about us. He is, he is here, he is here, he is here, he is here. I want you to be honest with me. I'm done preaching. You have all. You need something from God. It's going to take some boldness. You need something from God. I don't want anybody to look at me. You're probably not going to make it against your flesh. You need something from God. I want you to stand to your feet right now. There's two. There's three. There's more than this, I know. Why lie? Only if you really need something from God. If your life's perfect, or you want to continue to live in the mess that you're in, go ahead. I'm comfortable. Go ahead. But don't blame the church, and don't blame the preacher, because you're always looking for a church. I mean, more people tell me, I'm looking for a church. But I'm never happy in any of them. That's because your flesh is in your way. You know, you can move a thousand miles away. As long as you go with you, you're never going to be happy. Until you take authority over this thing. I'm going to just ask a couple of you, and I'm not trying to embarrass you what you want God to do for you in this service. We can make an altar call. We can come stand around, sing. But until we know what we truly want from God, Christine, what do you want from God in this service? What else do you want? I love that. She said, I need God in my life. What do you need, young man? Big man, whatever you want to be called. What do you need from Direction, I like that. What do you need, elder? Bless me. Change. Anybody else? Huh? Everything. One more person. What do you need over there, sis? God in her life. That's the best answer. I've heard three of them. People say, I need God in my life. Because when you start asking for the physical, give me, give me, give me. That's not asking for God. That's asking for God to take care of your flesh. But when you ask for the spiritual, 
God, I need you in my life. I need healings. I need change in my life spiritually. Because when I came into church, I was broke. I didn't have a car. I didn't have money. Didn't have, I could tell, but when I got a hold of him, he took care of the physical. When you take care of the spiritual, God will always come through in the physical. I promise you. If you need something from God, I want you to do something maybe you've never done before. But I want you to come to this altar right now. If you need something from God, one, two, three, four. Lord, I've never done this before. I need the church people to get ready to help me pray. But I only want those that need something from God first to come up here. To you, some of you church people, this may be just another Sunday morning. We didn't go out for this to be just another Sunday morning. Come in close if you need something. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but come in close over there. Only those that really need something from God. I know some of you raised your hand. Come here, young lady. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but you, you said something really touched my heart. You said, I need God. And the enemy wants, I don't know anything about you, but the enemy wants us to stay under attack because we feel like we can't break through the struggles. And we look for all answers from everywhere else for help. But when you've been hurt and you have fought hell in your life, there comes a point where God brings you into this service like this and says, I want to answer the prayer. I see the hurt and the pain in your life. And God said, I want to take you to another level. Have you been around the church very long? You've been coming a good while? But you've got a lot of tough, tough times that you've been going through. But God loves you. And he's getting ready to heal you. He's getting ready to do a miracle for you. He's getting ready to do a miracle. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Christine, it took a lot to walk into a strange church where you know no one. But God is getting ready to do something powerful in your life. He loves you. If you're just open to him, you know what you have out there. And you know what you're going through. You've been through a lot of hell in your life. That's why you're searching. You're like, Lord, I need something. Because I am tired. I am tired. And God loves you. You know, on the outside, we're big, we're tough, we're men. But on the inside, we got a lot of stuff that we need to let loose so that God can change our lives. Everybody in this altar, I want you to lift your hands to heaven right now if you're in this altar. I want you to ask God to forgive you of anything. I'm not calling you a sinner. I'm asking, as, they, as they're playing behind me, I want you to ask God to forgive you of anything that can hinder you from what God wants to do in your life. I want you to begin to say, God, forgive me of anything. I need some of the church people that can help me get ready to pray. I want church people that are standing. That's it. Keep praying. Those that are praying. It's got to be more than just, Lord, pray for a second. I'm done. I want you to begin to ask him, Lord, forgive me. You know the mistakes. You know the anger. You know the battles. You know the trials. You know the torment in my life. That's it. Go ahead. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the torment. That's it. Go ahead. Take a moment. Say that name. Now I want you to begin. After you ask God to forgive you, I want you to begin to say that name, Jesus. Say that name. Begin to say that name, Jesus. If you can't do anything else, say, sing behind me. Say that name. Now me and some of the others are going to come around. And we're going to lay our hands on all these people that are in the altar. And we're going to.